Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, still talking about prayer. How many have enjoyed this series so far? It's been good. It's been good. Yesterday, I actually got a testimony uh, from Kim. She'll be able to share with you next week. Um, you know, she started applying some of the principles of prayer, uh, of not begging and, you know, trying to untwist and, uh, you know, get an angry God to respond to you. And she came to me. She said, hey, Pastor T, you know, uh, yesterday... I have managed to close uh, the biggest deal, real estate deal, the company that I work for has ever seen. So she's going to be talking to you about that uh, next week. I was just like, wow, I was blown away. Amen. But let's go now to Psalm chapter number five. Today we are talking about the prayer of meditation. Someone say meditation. Uh, for most people, when you mention that word meditation, they instantly have their guard up because they think you're talking about yoga or transcendental meditation from the East. But that's not what we are talking about today. We are talking about Bible meditation. And God wants you to take advantage of this prayer called the prayer of meditation. Amen? Transcendental Eastern meditation seeks to empty your mind or your soulish realm to get to a place of euphoria or peace. But the Christian meditation seeks to fill you up with all these good things that pertain to life and godliness, better known as his word, so you can start manifesting them. Hallelujah. So Psalms 5 from verse 1 says, Give ear to my wor words, O Lord, consider my what? Meditation. Did you see it? It says, consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you, I will pray, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Amen. One of the things we need to realize is that the Christian life is a life lived from within to without or from inside out. Amen. And, you know, I remember uh, some of you here, you know, we were in the same uh, youth group, young adults group. And what we were majoring in at the time was behavioral modification. You know, we would preach sin, trying to show people where they should alter their behavior without realizing that as long as the software is still the same, they cannot change their behavior. This is why Paul would say things like, the thing that I want to do, I cannot. Because there is a power that's on me. But when you're delivered from that power and you get a new software, guess what? You just can't help it but produce good things. Amen? I said amen. amen. Let us go now to... Uh, I'm debating. Okay, let's go to James chapter number 1 verse 21. James chapter number 1 verse 21. James chapter number 1. Uh, verse 21. Can I get uh, three guys? I'm going to get Freddie to come up. I'm going to get uh, Bruce. 
and I'm gonna get Henry to come up. Henry's getting married next week. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> man, this is this is gonna be good. So I want I, w- I want to read this scripture with this man. You can stand here, and I'm gonna. You can face them. You can face them. And uh, so Bruce is going to be the body. Okay, and Freddie here is going to be the soul. All right, and Henry is going to be your spirit. Did I do it right? Okay, let's flip it. Henry is your body, Freddie is your soul, and Bruce is your what? Spirit. So when you got born again, this is what happened. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? All things have passed away, and everything has become what? So what happened was this man, the spirit, became brand new. You completely received a brand new, totally uh, uh, a brand new spirit that never existed before. And the spirit you received is loaded with everything that pertains to life and godliness. So what happened was when you got born again, Bruce went to sit down, the old man. And we have a new man that came to take his stead, Greg. Okay, Greg is not going to work because he looks like Bruce. (laughs) I want to get Aubrey. I want to get a totally, completely different new man. Okay? (laughs) Because they'll be like, ah, but Bruce is a Mulungu. And Greg is... (laughs) No, he came and took his place. Did you see what just happened? A totally, completely brand new man. But the problem was... He is still the old, same old, same old. (laughs) I don't mean it like that, okay? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So Freddie Freddie didn't change. You get it? your, Your soul, where your mind, your will, and your emotions are. He didn't change, okay? And your body didn't change. And you know what happened? The minute you got born again, I want you to hold uh, Freddie's hands in a, in a way that you want to pull him, and like a tug of war. You know, face him and hold with two hands. Here's what started happening. The minute you got born again, the Bible says the spirit wages war against the flesh, and the flesh wages war against the spirit. So they want to rip him apart. So this dude has to get saved. And that's what the Bible is saying. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and all superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save your what? Because this dude was not saved when you got born again. So he needs to be saved. That's what we call mind renewal. It's a continuous salvation of your soul. When this man is saved, he's going to cut off ties with this dude. And he will go with this guy. When he's not really saved and he's not where he's supposed to be, he's going to hold on to this dude. He's saved. His body is saved. The spirit is brand new, but he will go with this guy. And what does the Bible say in Romans 8 verse 6? To be carnally minded is what? So when your soul goes with the carnality, with that which is of the five senses, it produces death. But when we are consistently renewing your mind, and this dude starts pulling you on this side, It says to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So your soul has to constantly and consistently be renewed so that it can go with Aubrey. You know, with the spirit. 
Amen. Why don't you just sit down? Amen. So here's, here's the journey that we want to take. Let's go now to Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4 talks about four different kinds of souls. Soils or hearts. Amen. And he said the seed that is sown is sown into the ground of your heart. Amen. I said amen. amen. And the first soil he talks about is called the wayside. And he said that when the uh, 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 farmer went scattering the seed, he scattered and it fell on the wayside or on the byway or the highway. And then immediately the birds of the air came and ate that seed. What was the reason that seed did not go into the ground? Let's go to Matthew chapter number 13 verse 19. And I know Pastor Tate was preaching about this last week. Man, what a tremendous sermon. Matthew chapter number 13, verse 19. When anyone, someone say anyone. Anyone. Anybody. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. Amen. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that received seed by the wayside. So that means understanding is critical. So the first stage, I'm going to present to you uh, 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 Mark chapter number 4 this way. It, it's stages that you have to go through and succeed for you to get to the good ground. See, because if the seed is not even sown in the ground, we can't even talk about the next step. So the first thing you need to do is to understand and receive that word in your heart. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance of his word gives light. But that word has to enter first for it to release light. If you don't understand it, it hasn't entered. It has been caught, snatched away by the enemy. So understanding is critical. And this is why Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, it's the foundational thing, it's the capital thing. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Get that word in your heart. And when you get that word in your heart, the capsule of the word, because the word carries life. You know, just like the capsules you, you take, uh, pills, it carries life. And when you receive it, that light is released once it touches your belly. Amen? Says the entrance of his word, it, it brings light, it brings illumination, it brings revelation, and it gives understanding to the simple. That's what it says in Psalm 119, verse 130. Go and read that psalm. Every single verse in that psalm, there's about 176 of them. Every single verse in that psalm is talking about how important God's word is. Amen. But this word has to be received. And meditation gives you the ability to hold on to that which you receive. Amen? I said amen. amen. Let us go now to the next type of ground. It is called the stony ground. And Jesus said with the stony ground, it lacked depth. Let's go to Mark chapter number 4 verse 16 to 17. Mark chapter number 4 verse 16. Watch what it says. It says, And these are they likewise which are sown on what? Stony ground. Who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So they have passed the first stage. They received it. But here's the problem. 
they received it and understood it. Amen? But here's the problem. But they have no root in themselves. The problem is they do not have a personal conviction. You know, meditation gives you the ability to develop a personal conviction concerning the promises of God over your life. You know, I was preaching in Cape Town about finances, and I said this statement, and Bishop Dave came to me afterwards, and he said, man, that resonates with me. You know, I said, listen, I've, you know, I've, I've experienced the goodness of God when it comes to giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. I said it like this. I said, man, you can't convince me it doesn't work. The train has already left the station. I don't know where that expression came from, but he jumped and he was like, man, the train has already left the station. You cannot convince me otherwise. And it's the same thing with the man that has a root system or a personal conviction concerning the promises of God. They cannot be shaken out of it. And it comes out in the most critical moments. Uh, Energy and his wife are going to be sharing their testimony in about two weeks' time. But they went to pick up their child. He had collapsed at school and he was uh, unconscious. And they took him to the uh, doctors and the doctors looked at him and gave them a negative report, an evil report. Energy, when he told me this story, I thought it was the most powerful testimony I had ever heard. I mean, I was getting goosebumps. The doctor came out and said, your child will never walk again. You better contact these people and start organizing to get a wheelchair and so on and so forth. And you know what he said? He said, not my child. And he picked him up and took him to the car and drove home with him. And he says when he got home, he laid him down on the bed. And he said, I'm going to go and wash the dishes. And as he was washing the dishes, he looked back and his boy was standing behind him. What happened? He had a personal conviction concerning a truth. And he could not be shaken out of it because of a doctor's report. Man, when you have a personal conviction concerning a promise, you can't be shaken out of it. Amen? It doesn't matter what report you get. You know in your Noah. And this is what meditation does. It gives the word of God a root system. They say there's a a bamboo tree in, in China that has such a deep root system. In fact, for the first five years, it's working on its root system. It doesn't even shoot above ground. But once the root system is intact, when it shoots above ground, it takes about two months for it to rise, I think they say, 60 meters or something ridiculous like that. What happened? The root system is intact. And that's what God wants you and I to be. We need to be at a place where, man, we have a personal conviction concerning the issue. And we are not easily offended. Watch what it says. It says, but those who do not have a root system in themselves endure, but for a time, for a weekend. They can give a tithe for about two months. But once someone starts talking about, oh, these churches, all they want is your money. Oh, man, they're shaken out of this, that truth and they're offended. They can talk about healing. You know, but once their healing doesn't come in about 30 minutes, they're shaken out of that thing. And they're like, I mean, I'm going to take a Mr. Strong. What is he called? Mr. Grandpa. <laughs> this thing doesn't work. In about 30 seconds, shaken out of it, they are offended. Amen? That's what it says. It says when the affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. So your word will be challenged. The tree will be shaken. But if it does not have a root system, guess what? It's easily uprooted. But when it has a personal conviction, 
You have to know in your Noah that I know the promises of God are true. And they are all yes and amen. Amen? He says they are immediately offended. And the word does not produce. Amen? The next stage, after you have passed this stage, is um, called thorns. The, 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 the seed that was sown amongst the thorns. Let's go now to Mark chapter number 4, verse 7. And some fell amongst the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Let us go now to verse 18. Jesus gave the description and the explanation. And these are they which are sown amongst the thorns, such as hear the word. They hear the word and understand it. So they've passed the first stage. Amen? And they, they, their ground is, 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 is good. It's good that the seed is going to grow up. But here's what happened. Verse 19. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the last of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This is so practical and I'm glad Jesus taught it this way. All Jesus is saying is they are not focused. They are not focused on one thing. They are not meditated. Man, hunt your neighbor and tell them you need to be heavily meditated concerning the promises of God. Amen. They are busy. And we live in a in a, in a busy, busy, busy generation. People can't focus for longer than one minute. Because, man, we're doing so much, and it's a microwave generation. But God wants you to stay on a truth. In fact, this is what once someone said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Says a good shepherd, when they are teaching a truth, if you go to Israel and look at one of the mountains, it looks like there are rings around the mountains going all the way up. And, 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 and a good shepherd, when they are teaching a truth, they're not haphazard. You're not trying to get the sheep to eat the whole mountain at once. Because they can't. So they go methodically in circles. They go around the same truth. And when they come back, they go a little bit higher. Just to make sure everyone is with them. And what are they doing? They're programming and giving you a new system. A new mind. Because with that new mind, you'll be able to manifest the promises of God. Amen? And the fourth ground is in Mark chapter number 4. This is where we need to be. Busyness is cured by meditation. Deceitfulness of riches is cured by meditation. Cares of this world is cured by meditation. You need to meditate the word of God. And here's what the word meditation means. It simply means, the Hebrew word is meditatio or haga. It means to ponder. It means to matter. It means to churn. You know, how do you get the good stuff from milk? You know, butter. You churn it over and over again. That's what he's saying. Take a truth from God's word and begin to churn it over and over again. You know, uh, uh, ponder it, mutter it, say it under your breath. Until you are fully persuaded that what God says is true. And then you start walking in it. Amen? 
And in verse 20, it says, These are they which are sown on good ground. That's the first stage. Such as hear the word and receive it. And brings forth what? Fruit. To some thirtyfold, to some sixty, and to some a hundredfold. And God is not the one that's dishing out thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. God is not a thirtyfold God. He's not a sixtyfold God. He is not a hundredfold God. You are just a thirtyfold receiver. It's to the level that you want to receive. God is not even a double-double God. God is a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all you can ever ask, think, or imagine. According to David, he was a God of my cup runs over. You see, you, you receive according to how you perceive him to be. Someone shout, I perceive him to be El Shaddai. The all-sufficient one. Let's go now to Joshua chapter number 1. Joshua chapter number 1 verse 8. We have a precarious scenario here. Both Joshua and Timothy are in the same position. Joshua is taking over leadership from an amazing leader, Moses. The miracle man. I mean, you'd get water coming out of rocks. Food raining from heaven. Timothy is doing the same thing. He's taking over leadership for the church at Ephesus from Timothy. Timothy was healing the sick, sing songs, and jail doors would fly open, cause earthquakes through praise and worship. And then Timothy came and says, yeah, you take over leadership from this guy. It's like, man, this is tough, right? Just like Joshua. And God gave them what I like to call the formula to success. It's the prayer of meditation. Joshua chapter number 1, verse 8. He says, this book, someone say this book. book. Not just any book. Sometimes we read too many books to my book, book. (laughs) Too many books, amen. He says, this one, this one, this book of the law, we call it the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth. Remember, muttering. It shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. You know, a lot of people meditate, but they don't meditate therein. He's saying you must meditate in this one, this book. And everyone is a master meditator. Did you know that? Everyone meditates on something. You're always meditating. If you're thinking about a problem over and over again, you're meditating. And here's the deal. Whatever you meditate on, you will have good success in it. Good. Every time you see the word meditation, you're going to see good success. You're going to see profit. Whatever you're meditating on, you, man, you get some good results. That's what the man is saying. Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Oh my goodness, did you see it? It says you shall meditate in it day and night. Jesus in his most critical moment wanted prayer intercessors. He wanted, you know, someone to join him in prayer. You know what he did? He went to his disciples. He says, could you not tarry with me for how long? One hour. But when it comes to meditation, man, he took it to another dimension. He says, this thing, you're going to have to do it all the time. That's how important this is. Amen? 
He says you're going to have to do it day and night. And thou mayest observe to do. You know, Pastor T, I'm struggling to do this thing. You haven't, you haven't meditated in it enough. Because the net effect of meditating on something is just do it. Without thinking. So that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you have meditated in it, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Who is making your way prosperous? I didn't hear that. You see what God has just done with this power of meditation? He has transferred the power to you. He says, for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. Amen? You will have good success. What are you doing? You are programmed for success. You have a new software that says good success. And good success will just ooze out of you. Amen? I said amen. amen. Let us go now to see what God said to Timothy as he was taking over leadership from Paul. First Timothy chapter number 4 verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter number 4 verse 15. Watch what the first word is in 1 Timothy 4.15. What is it? I didn't hear that. Well, Pastor T, you see, this meditation thing is an Old Testament thing. Well, where is Timothy? Amen? First thing he says to Timothy is, meditate upon these things. And to bring context, he was talking about the instructions that the Apostle Paul had given him. He says, meditate on the instruction of God's word. Keep it in your mind. And he says, give thyself wholly to them so that thy profiting may appear to all. Man, if you are heavily meditated, you won't have to convince anyone that you are prosperous. You won't have to convince anyone that you are rich and you are successful. Man, your profiting will appear to all. Did you see it? All you have to do is meditate upon these things and give yourself wholly to them. You know, one of the analogies we get for meditation is when a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. Sometimes he spends uh, time in what is called a cocoon, and sometimes for up to six months, just sitting and doing nothing but pondering, muttering, and churning. And to everybody else, he doesn't look like he's doing much. You know why? Because they expect him to be Shanda all the time. I bind this one. I lose that one, which is good. But when you bind and lose from a place of a meditated soul, you have more power than someone who's trying to bind from a shallow soul. This is why God said, before you shout, I want you to be silent for six days and only shout for one moment. Silent for six days. Meditate for six days. Go deeper with this truth for six days. And only shout for one moment. And I'll do it for you. But we want to shout for six days. <laughs> and then be quiet for one moment. And we're like, but Lord, it's not working. No, he said meditate for how long? No, day and night. Remember Joshua 1? 
He says meditate for day and night. He says, man, even when you're sleeping, make sure you're meditating. And one of the practical ways to meditate when you're sleeping, one of the things that I do, you know, before I sleep, is I take a scripture and I go over it. Over and over again. But here's what I do. And I want to help you with this. I look at, for example, John 10, verse 10, part 2. You know, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I start with the word I. That's the word I'm going to highlight. So I say that one louder than any other word. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I'm coming back. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I'm highlighting all the words. By the time I finish reading it for the 16th time, trust me, I've reprogrammed my system. And when I go to sleep, that's all I'm thinking about. He came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm developing a deeper conviction concerning a truth. Amen? I said amen. And that's what God wants us to do. When that thing spends six months in a cocoon, when it comes out, it's a butterfly. A heavenly creature. You don't even see traces of a caterpillar in a butterfly. You know, that you know, little creature crawling in the dirt, leaving the Lord down life. You don't see it in a butterfly. You know why? Because transformation has taken its effect. How? He stayed in one place and meditated. Remember the story of Martha and Mary? Martha was running around doing stuff. And the church loved to run around and do stuff. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, doing what? Just listening. Taking it in. Meditating on it. Not moving. Not concerned with the world. And Martha went to Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you care? Can't you see Mary is just sitting there doing nothing? And you know what Jesus said? He said, Martha, Martha, you worry way too much. The part that Mary has chosen is the greater part, and no one can take it away from her. You know why? Because it's now a personal conviction. It's now a new software. But you only get to that place through meditation. Let us go now to Romans chapter number 7, from verse 21 to 23, in the New Living Translation, if you will. Is this helping you? Man, you're going to have to make some time to meditate. You know, when a cow uh, uh, goes out to graze, you know, they told us back in school that he, he has four stomachs. He's a ruminant. Yeah. He's four stomachs. And when he goes out to graze, he's just going everywhere, haphazardly grazing. He puts the food in the first and the second stomach. Yeah. But when he gets home and he's resting in the promises of God, he starts chewing it again. He throws it up and starts chewing it again. And that's the only time he starts extracting nutrients from the stuff that he was grazing in the afternoon. See, when you're haphazard, you may be able to pick up some good revelation. But you're going to have to throw them up and rest in that promise and chew them again. And ponder on those truths until you have a full personal conviction and cannot be shaken out of it. Amen? I said amen. amen. Romans Chapter number 7 from verse 21 to 23. And we close. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome. He says, I have discovered this principle of life. Did you see it? 
So the Apostle Paul is saying, man, I've discovered a great principle of life. Wouldn't you want to know what that principle is? We're about to find out. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I can't help it. Did you see it? It's inevitable I'm going to do the wrong. And this is what happens to a man whose mind is not renewed. You, you just can't help it, but, you know, cause problems in traffic. Just can't help it. I don't know. I just punched him in the face. I don't know what happened. And for real, you don't know what happened. Watch what happens. Next verse. Next verse. I don't know where you went. That's not the next verse. Is that next verse? This? Okay. I love God's law with all my heart. Next verse. But there is another power within me. Okay, go back, go back, go back. That was good. Verse 22. That was good. So this guy, he's a Christian. He loves God with all of his heart. He goes to church, sings praise and worship. But I love God with all my heart. But I just can't help. I inevitably do what is right. What is what? I just can't help it, man. I just see myself falling for this same stupid thing. And I love God with all my heart. So what's the problem? Next verse. But there's another power within me that is at war with my what? I didn't hear that. With my what? (laughs) That's where the battle is. That is where the problem is. There is another software in your mind that we need to get rid of. Amen? You know, I was preaching... Uh, uh, in Cape Town and I said, hey, the biggest battle you'll ever have to fight is the battle in your mind. I said, man, this battle is going to be, you know, the greatest spiritual battle you'll ever encounter in your life. And people are looking at me like, what, pastor? You know, we've seen, and and I've seen it in my own ministry, you know, we've seen people throwing up when we're doing deliverance sessions. We've seen people, you know, latch on us and so on and so forth and just, you know, grab a hold of you and they want to be violent and so on. And they were saying, man, that's, that's crazy. And I said, man, that's not crazy. You know why? Because if he comes on me, I can just punch him in the face and get him off of me. Like, you know, puma. <laughs> but when it's a thought, sometimes it comes as a good thought. It comes as a sneaky thought. Did God say that you should not eat of this fruit? And I thought, well, um, yeah, he said we should not eat and not even touch it. Now it sounds like God is unfair. He never said, don't touch it. And he says, oh, you know why? Because God knew that if you ate of it, you're going to be just like him. Wait a minute. God created me just like him. I'm already like him. But it sounds like, man, it's sneaky, right? It's sneaky. And then you consider it. And here's the deal. You start meditating on it. You start pondering on it. And the strength of a thought is the attention, is in the attention you give to it. The strength of a thought is in the attention you give to it. When you meditate on a good thought, you give it power to manifest in your life. When you meditate on a fearful, negative thought, you give it power to to manifest in your life. We're flying to Cape Town, my wife and I, and as we were taking off, uh, the pilot said, congratulations. All of you are the first... A group of people to experience a jet that will take off by itself and land in Cape Town all by itself. And you don't have anything to worry about. Worry about. Worry about. Worry. 
worry, worry, worry. Man, I said then, I started thinking, man, how's this thing going to land? And we are the first one. Man, I could have been the third or the fourth. Or, man, we are the first ones. What if it doesn't land? This thing is fully automatic. What? Oh, man, I'm, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm giving that thought strength. Oh, by the time we got to Cape Town, man, I was shaking. I had lost about 10 kgs. Man, I'm, man, I'm telling you, you know why? Because I gave that thought attention. And that's what God is trying to get us to do, to start giving his thoughts attention and be intentional about it. Amen? Watch what he says. He says, there's a, another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin. That is still within me. Now we can take this verse and read it in the opposite. If you have the power of God taking a hold of your mind, this power will make you free from sin, free from poverty, free from sickness. Pastor, I just can't help it but be blessed. Why? Because the operating system in my mind the one that is a hold on my mind is a good operating system and it produces good success. And that's all we need to do. Start pondering, meditating, churning the truths of God and be intentional about it. Here's the thing, here's the thing that's weird about the church. Science has caught this revelation. The organizations you work for, most of you in here, have caught this revelation. Why do you think all of these organizations in Santon have start, are starting to put a, a thinking room or a, a chapel or a place where you can go and be by yourself and no one is interrupting? I saw a, 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 a headline yesterday on Bloomberg that said companies embracing meditation to boost their bottom line. You know why? they read first Timothy 4 15 give yourself holy to it and then die what profiting companies want profit get them to meditate die profiting will appear on our balance sheet and the church is still thinking man I don't know about this meditating thing pastor just lay your hands on me here just lay your hands Man, we'll lay hands until you have a groove in your head. <laughs> it just fit your head. <laughs> but if you don't take a hold of that battle in your mind, don't let your thoughts just race everywhere. Amen? Carefully select thoughts of life, thoughts of peace, and embrace them and start meditating on them. You know, I was sharing, uh, I was counseling someone after I finished pre uh, preaching uh, to another church and they came to me and said, Pastor, I don't know why I'm not manifesting the promises of God over my life. You know, I, I, you know, I read at least five chapters per night, at least. And I turned around and said, that's the problem. So what do you mean that's the problem? The preacher is saying that's the problem, that I read a lot of the Bible. I said, that's the problem. You're not laser focusing on one thought, on one promise until it develops roots. You are everywhere. And you feel you are making good ground, but essentially you are not. What you need to do is to get into that word and start where you are. Get one promise. Get one promise. Uh, uh, for all of you that need more practical help, you can go and pick up uh, my book, Next Door. 
If you don't have money to buy the book, you can take your cell phone and go to the pages where we have scriptures over, you know, everything, over health, over finances. You can take your cell phone and take pictures of those scriptures. But don't try and, you know, go through all of them in one night. Take one scripture per week until it is fully produced for you. A personal conviction. Amen? Until you know it in your know. Until, man, even if we woke you up at the middle of the night and say, man, why do you think God should prosper you? You'll be able to tell us without thinking. Because I know it. Not I heard someone talk about it. I know it. Why should God heal you? You should know it. And as you do that, he says that word will begin to release light into your body. Amen? Did that help you? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. You know, in the army, when you come in, they take you through what is called boot camp. And when you go through what, uh, uh, boot camp, what they're doing is they're reprogramming your mind over a period of six months. And by the time you come out of it, you don't even know it. But you are a different person. You don't think like a civilian. You think at another level. You know, we had one of our members here uh, who was uh, a Navy SEAL in their past life. And they thought differently than all of us. We would be standing in the car park just talking and, you know, just chatting up. And they would be pointing at things like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to move that faster. It's dangerous. And take it out of the way. And someone is pulling up, reversing, and they're like, they're even looking, and they're going, no. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to calm down. But you know what's happening? They are trained to be alert and to see certain things. And when you go through the boot camp of the Word of God, man, you just see things. You just start attracting certain You just start manifesting without effort. They may think you're weird, but guess what? It don't mind. It, don't, it doesn't matter. As long as my profiting is appearing to all. As long as I'm growing and increasing. As long as I'm, I'm winning in life. As long as I'm manifesting the promises of God. It's okay. Amen. I said amen. Was that good? Okay, one more. One more. John G. Lake. How many of you know him? He's a great healing evangelist. What he did is he put out an advert way back in 1945. He said, if you came to my healing classes and attended all the classes for 21 days in a row from 8 to 5 it was like going to work from 8 to 5 if you let me teach you every day for 21 days from 8 o'clock in the morning to 5 p.m. and you don't get healed after 21 days I will reinvest all your expenses for you getting here and all your hotel accommodation and he never had to reinvest a single person you know why? he just took them in and reprogrammed them for 20. in fact most of them got healed by day 10 and day 21 was just a formality, laying hands, you know, because we have to, but everybody's already healed. Why? Because they had a new operating system. And I'm telling you, this works. And I'm guilty because I haven't used it enough. I've used it to a measure. But it's time we all start using it fully because God has given it to us. Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you for these, your children. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that you have given us, which are yes and amen. The green light to manifest and experience your word in our lives. Father, we thank you that as they go out, you may give them strength. Take a hold of their soulish realm. 
Even as you say it in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Lord, we pray that you may begin to take a hold of their mind. Let the word of God take a hold of their mind so that they may produce, so that they may taste and see of your goodness. Father, we thank you that we are winning the battle of the mind because your word is strong. Your word is the sword of the spirit. Father, we thank you that as we go, we're going out blessed. We're going out victorious. We're going out healed. I pray for everyone connected to everyone under the sound of my voice right now. We as an ailment in their body to receive healing right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have prayed and everyone said... Amen and amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight.